You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your superpowered mind. I am your host, Kristen Maxwell. And in this show, we explore the process of transformation and give you tools and strategies that you can use to transform your own life. Today, I am excited to be talking to Brett Newski about defeating anxiety with humor. And Brett is a, a, an unusual guest for me. I'm really excited to, to talk to him and share him with you. He's a singer, an alternative songwriter, musician, and podcaster. He's been featured on media like Rolling Stone, NPR, uh, American Songwriters, and others. As a musician, he's played alongside acts like the Pixies, the Violent Femmes, and Better Than Ezra, and many others. He also continues to tour over 100 days per year. I got tired looking at his schedule, but it looks fun. Um, he has a podcast, Dirt from the Road, which dives into mental health booths. His um, guests include other um, other musicians and such, people like um, from the Dashboard Confessional, Gooster, Toad the Wet Sprocket, pretty fun. And he's also the author of the book, It's Hard to Be a Person, Defeating Anxiety, Surviving the World, and Having More Fun. And I love the title of that book. But anyway, Brett, welcome to your superpowered mind. Hey, Kristen, thanks for uh, the hospitality. How's morale? Yeah, morale. That's good. Morale, um, it's always a good thing to check in on. Mm-hmm. Always. Yes. And I'm super, um, you know, interested to learn more about your story because um, I know um, anxiety and depression are a very, very real um, phenomenon that's going on with so, so many people. Um, and anyway, I'm going to just get started with asking you my first question, which is what superpower did you uncover as the result of mastering your mind? Oh, I guess, uh, you know, I, I think you try to just build a little more self-awareness each year. I think that's been one of the most valuable things uh, in, in my world is just to gain a, a bit more uh, self-awareness so I don't uh, constantly worry if... Uh, my friends and acquaintances hate me or not, you know? So, um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think, uh, I think just being like brutally honest, I think the thing that's helped me the most is like having a podcast and like talking about like some of the worst moments in my life, like really personal stuff, just live to the public. Um, which, you know, my parents have given me some sit downs and been like, what are you doing? This is career suicide. You can't be talking about this on the, on the radio. Um, but it's just a thing that's, uh, helped me enormously to kind of clear uh, a lot of skeletons from my closet. And uh, yeah, once you do that, I, th- I just think um, it, it, it takes a lot of weight off your off your brain and your body. Because when my brain is under stress and, and running in circles and spiraling out, my body just starts to tighten up and kind of shut down or I get sick more often too. It's like that vicious cycle. So yeah, I hope, hope maybe that answers it. It does. It does. And um, uh, I'm going to ask you some more questions about that because it's um, what I'm wondering is why, why do you, what do you think it does? Why do you think it helps you? 
to talk about these things just out of curiosity. Do you have an opinion about that? Um, yeah, well, I guess you bottle stuff up. Uh, I mean, it's a tale as old as time. You know, you you bottle stuff up long enough, and it just uh, the 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 pressure just builds and just feels feels awkward. It's like. Uh, I don't know. It's like gastrointestinal disorder for your emotions or something. Your your brain just starts to get flooded and you can no longer think straight. And um, you might not even remember why you feel like garbage so consistently, but it's probably just because, you know, bottling, bottling stuff up, not talking about stuff. And, and I do feel like, uh, especially friends and close friends, it's like what you fear would be horrifying to say out loud to tell someone. It's like, your 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 best friends are not are not going to judge you generally like they're there's probably not they might they might not be as shocked as you think if you tell them a, you know something you need to get off your shoulders about uh you know hopefully you didn't kill anybody or anything but uh yeah right <laughs> you know whatever uh whatever it is maybe uh you know you let somebody down or you cheated on your significant other or whatever it is um um it's it's you got to you got to tell somebody yeah yeah, well, it's it's interesting because it's um, I I was I love I'm excited to talk to you. I had really 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 bad ex- um, anxiety for decades. Live it just constantly brain spinning. When you talk about the brain spinning in circles, mm. like just I could not get out of my own head. Just going going going. And there's a way in which, and so you know, that's what got me into this whole coaching thing. And it was learning how to sort of. There's a way in which when you tell the stories, if you can step out of the spinning of the brain, which is a trick to learn how to do that, you start to um, you start to get perspective on it that you didn't have at the time. Like your body and your brain are in this trauma mode and you start to tell them and you're like, it gets normalized. Like people are like, oh, well, yeah, I have that too. And, and you can be like, oh, and maybe I don't need to be so hard on myself for that, you mm, know, because totally. yeah. So very yeah. interesting. Thing. And as you age, it's like I'm noticing that too. It's like harder to break habits, you know. It's uh, it's just you feel less motivated to try to tackle certain issues or even try new things. I mean, I I, I turned 35 yesterday, so um, I, I still perfect. feel thanks. I still feel very motivated to to get out in the world and do stuff and and try to make things happen. But uh, even just like for example, like NFTs, I know I need to like go online and learn how to make those because you know, I make a lot of art for a living. So it's just like, ah, do I really need to do that? So yeah, getting, getting motivated. Uh, so yeah, I think with, uh, with issues or complications of the brain, it's just great to, uh, to just tackle that stuff. And before the, the needle gets deeper into the groove, you know, as you age. Yeah. Yeah. And also your body does hold on to a lot of emotion and energy. And if you can let it go, then the brain, the way I think about it is like, Sometimes my body was so anxious that my brain was constantly trying to figure out what's going on, what's wrong. You yeah, know, I think I, it's I something it. in the mind, but something from the brain. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. I can't yeah. tell if the brain and the body are like best friends or mortal enemies. You know what I mean? Because yeah, it's exactly. like they're trying to trick each other all the time. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that's very cool. So so how did you get into this path? Because you've got, I mean, obviously you're a musician and then how did you start your podcast, you know, around this mental health issues and then your book, you know, what's your story? I guess what I'm, that's what I'm asking. Well, well the podcast started as like, you know, 
I've probably played about 2000 gigs at this point, just all over the planet and in some pretty weird places too. Like I toured Asia a bunch. I lived in Asia. Um, you know, I played in Eastern Europe and South Africa a bunch of times. And it's like when you're out there, you start to accumulate these just absurd stories of like, you know, you wake up in an attic in Holland and there's like a fat Irish guy next to you doing whippets at two in the morning and you're sleeping on a floor <laughs> with another wow. band next to a bunch of sweaty, weird smelling Irish guys. And, the, you know, uh, one time we uh, I lit the brakes on fire driving down a mountain in Norway because I didn't know how to drive a stick shift car. And I'm like legitimately learning as we're going down a mountain. Oh, so, I mean, I don't know. It's And it's like, some of these things don't feel that weird at the time. And then as you accumulate time in your peripheral, you're like, oh my gosh, remember when uh, that guy tried to sell us heroin in the back alley of Vienna and we, uh, we got a little too, too close. We had, to, we had to run and he chased us or whatever it is. So it's like, it's, that's what the podcast started as, uh, Dirt from the Road. And I try to get on guests who are, are not scared to share some of this absurd stuff. And so there's all these great, absurd, weird road stories. And I think with, you know, being a touring musician, the most destabilizing uh, mental health occupation you can choose, really, or one of them, uh, you, inev- you inevitably start to talk about mental health and how to kind of um, cope and 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 survive like this weird lonely transient lifestyle and i think so the podcast has really been a mix of just like absurd kind of comedic spooky road stories and then also like this utilitarian thing of how do we you know because we all got we all got the brain is is a beast you know so we all got issues with our brain and it's like so how does how does chris caraba from dashboard confessional you know, play to 5,000 people each night and not have a panic attack. And then he would kind of talk about just the things he does every day to kind of just stay sane. So I, everyone has their own take on it and everyone's got some good information. So every episode has a has kind of a new angle or new hacks on how to uh, uh, do karate against your own evil brain when it attacks you. That's super awesome. Great. Well, we do need to go to a, um, a break super fast. Um, before we do, can be, can you let people know where they can find you about your podcast, your book, your shows, all of that stuff? Yeah, I guess the mothership is kind of the website, which is just brettnewski.com and Polish. So it's B-R-E-T-T-N-E-W-S-K-I.com. And, uh, yeah, the book's on there. The book's called, it's hard to be a person. Uh, I guess we can talk about that more, but it's just a bunch of illustrations kind of making fun of my own anxieties and just providing like stuff I've learned over the past seven or eight years um, since I discovered what anxiety was to kind of deal with it and just feel better. Even if it's just, if, even if I have five minutes to spare, like there's just a bunch of tips in there for for things to do if you feel better. And uh, yeah, that's on the website. Good, better to get it through the website than through Amazon because Amazon takes like 68%, but uh, it's all good, whatever you want to do. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. Great. Thanks, Brett. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about defeating anxiety with humor, humor definitely digging into some of your books. Hang on, we'll be right back. Thanks, Tristan. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. If you're ready to transform yourself and transform the world through podcasting, we invite you to join us. We co-create a non-competitive, collaborative environment designed to support you as you step into your greatness. Go now to superpowerexperts.com and click on the Programs tab to get started today. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Kristen Maxwell. I'm talking to Brett Newski. So 
so this is one of the things, you know, I dealt with anxiety for so long, learned, I mean, really had to learn a lot of tools and very successfully took a long time, learned how to retrain my brain, not to constantly be in an anxious state, which it was just forever, even though I loved my life. Um, And what I've learned, and I work with a lot of people with anxiety, is that it's the little things that you do in the moment again and again and again and again that actually start to make that change. Mm, Um, Yeah. yeah. So, So what kind of stuff, like, well, first of all, is anxiety and depression, is that something you had, you know, that you battled for a long time? Or is it something that sort of came along when you you know, at a certain point in your lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, I think like for most people, it's like you, you've probably had it your whole life and you can, you know, you don't discover what it is till later on. I think, you know, I didn't realize what, what was going on till like my mid to late twenties. But, uh, once you kind of uncover that, you think back to like moments in your childhood of like, just feeling like garbage a lot and like why did mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure my best friend hates me or or you know the like, mm-hmm. paranoid thoughts or however they manifest themselves or like panicked you didn't turn in a homework assignment and you're going to fail out of fifth grade or however you manifest that so um yeah and it is a relief uh to to now there's like this whole genre of like depression comedy or anxiety humor which i'm a, just a huge fan of and kind of sparked the the drawings in the book and all that but uh so you can joke about it now with uh, with your buddies and it's become kind of this like mainstream topic, which I think ha- there's pros and cons to that. I mean, ultimately, it's a net gain, but uh, there is that vicious cycle online where you see people like posting about how sad they are or uh, and then people like that post and it gets reinforced. So I think in a weird way, it can encourage people to like, oh, it's cool to be depressed now, which uh, I think is just <laughs> absurd. But I know it's not. It's a subconscious but... thought. I think that um, mm. the demon social media can kind of uh, can kind of parasitically place into your brain. So um, but yeah, ultimately, it's a good time to talk about mental health, especially as America is the most mentally unstable place in the world, I would think. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. I've been lucky to do a lot of traveling. I'm sure you have gotten uh, gotten out of the States mm-hmm. a few times, too. So you start to see it and you, and you come back home and you just feel the uh, you feel the tension in the air a little bit. I think uh, everyone's just a little bit wobbly and uh, even the most even the most rock solid seeming people uh, even have their have their wobbles. So just, just how it goes right now. Yeah, they do. And I, you know, I have a couple, um, I have a few daughters, um, you know, late teens and early twenties. And I am just struck, you know, with, with their friends and my, you know, my friends and their kids is how much depression and anxiety there is right now in like starting at a super young age, Yeah, you know, really pretty significant. Um, and that's, I mean, it's got to feel so, um, you don't have perspective at that age to recognize, you know, you can get out of this, you know, this is not going to be something you have to stay in. I think it's the same as it's always been, or, or it's just like public now because of internet. Has it always been this much anxiety in the youth? No, I don't think so. They're, I mean, they're, they're reading, you know, and they're even have been announcing that that's like, um, it's a mental health epidemic in youth, the yeah, amount yeah. of depression and anxiety 
like serious, not just low level. We all have that. Like, I don't fit in, you know, nobody likes me. Everybody has that a little bit, but, um, yeah, no, it's, it's much more significant now. So, um, I love what you're doing. So, so let's say we've got somebody and they're feeling like nobody likes me and the world is so gray. What is something you've done? If you've been in that moment, just sort of like, what would a tip that you've picked up on your show or that you turn to mm. yourself? Yeah. I mean, if, if you can create, you know, I've even right now been having a weird week. So I wake up with this, I don't know if it's a thought as much as a feeling, but I wake up each morning of like, oh, what is my life? What, you know, I have no purpose. What am I doing? What, like, why even get out of bed? And I think the, the exercise that kind of gets me going in the morning is I've just been picking up a canvas and just drawing or painting on it. And, you know, I've made some real turds. So, and then, you know, you make a few turds and you make something awesome. So I, I don't think you have to be creating to necessarily even release something or sell something or put it online. I think if you can just wake up and, you know, even reading um, is like, it's just such a, a, an escape from your brain. And, you know, it's like the first inclination. I think these days when you wake up, Kristen is just like, go to the phone uh, or wake up and be like, okay, what do I need to do now to get ahead in the day? Cause um, so creating, reading, getting away from screens, it sounds obvious, but, uh, and it's hard to do, but once you do it, 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 it is some sort of a consistent answer to kind of feel a bit better. And uh, I mean, I think that having gone through the pando and the lockdown and um, just been inside creating that whole time, it was kind of like a, uh, I felt I was kind of thriving mentally. And I think that all comes back to like this FOMO or the fear of missing out. And uh, the world, especially America, is just this giant FOMO tornado. So <laughs> it's just like, okay, what are my friends doing? What are my allies doing? My um, competition, they're out doing stuff. And you have this just like, almost like fake inertia running through your running through your body of like of 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 worry that you're falling behind and i don't know how i still don't know how to get out of that fomo but the and that was what was great about the pando is like you didn't have any of the fomo and to me that was like the number one mental health boost for everyone it's like all right sweet no uh no race to be running. Let's stop racing and just wake up in the morning and sit with a warm tea on the in a chair and do nothing and just contemplate how nice it is to exist, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a super interesting. Some of the things you say right there. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things like that with getting up in the morning. Yeah, it's it's easy when you're when you're prone to being a li- your brain wants to go in that depresses. Some people are just happy all the time and that's just their brains and other people they're not. And I'm more on the end where I have yeah. to pull these things out and pull tricks out. And um, one of the tricks I've learned is doing things like listening to podcasts that are uplifting or reading books that are uplifting. And mm. you feel like, oh, wait, I'm wasting time. And on the other hand, no, because it reminds your brain to go in the positive direction. Like, Hey, there's good stuff out there. And it reminds you it's mm. so I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you for sure. Yeah. That's good. And so the FOMO, so that's super interesting. I had never really thought about it that way, but yeah, there's this way in which it was, it was, was it safe to do nothing? 
It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it was all we could do. To, I mean, where it just was um, comfortable, I guess. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear what uh, what what people think. Call in if you uh, if you know how to defeat FOMO. I mean, I know it's like it sounds dumb, but it's like the the times where I like have zero FOMO is like when I'm not in the states, which is just a huge luxury. Obviously, that's like not everyone can just do. But it's like if 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 I have work in Europe or somewhere else, it's like the the speed of life is so much slower. And maybe it's just because I'm on working holiday or something. But uh, I I just never feel anxious anytime I'm like outside of the States or, or rarely feel anxious because um, I don't know, you're just out of this like wind turbine of like productivity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. Of the Like, it is really something to explore is like there, what is the pressure of being home? You know, what is it that you're, you're thinking you're supposed to be doing that, you know, you know, there is very much like if I'm at home, it's hard for me to sit and do nothing because, well, I've got 7,000 chores I could mm-hmm. be doing, you know, and things I should, but if I go and sit at somebody else's house, I can sit because I don't have anything to do there. Yeah, so like, yeah getting what out is of the it? house is clutch for sure. Yeah, yeah. Although it's it's fun to be home too. But anyway, that that is super interesting. It's good. So like your shows, where are you? Where? Tell me about your music. How did you get into music and all of that? Yeah, so I've been. Uh, I I lived in Asia for a couple of years, and I did music full time there. But in a sense of like teaching music, uh, writing writing for TV. Um, and then when I moved back to the States about 10 years ago, I just got in my car and just started doing like grungy tours all over, uh, all over the States and, uh, just kind of learning the hard way and booking my own shows and playing squats and punk basements and weird attic parties. And that was just kind of what helped me kind of learn to keep a crowd and learn to kind of keep getting up when morale is low or lonely or, you know, doors slam in your face all the time. So that it's just, it's not even that glorious of a story. It's just like staying in the game and just sticking around and sticking with it. And then every year things get a little better. And now it's like, we're to a point where, you know, we're doing pretty good tours and uh, making a good living. And it's like, we've never like sold out theaters or anything, but we're, you know, we're like, we sold out some clubs on this last tour and it's like, develops a following and it's it's pretty exciting um now i think going out and uh, the logistical wear and tear and like the promoting of shows and doing the gig it, it becomes harder as years go on and you have less of that infinite energy you had in, in your 20s but um i also feel like i'm just so much more efficient with my energy and i don't i don't say yes to a gig in new york city and drive you know 30 hours round trip for one gig just because it sounds like a fun idea so yeah um, you're smarter yeah, we're uh we're, i'm playing in south africa next month and then february we got like nashville louisville indianapolis youngstown chicago so kind of around the midwest and then we'll announce some more dates soon yeah that's really fun so so the thing though that i noticed from that story is you had to have some um, balls to keep going and to do that, like that right there, that's a lot of, um, like takes a lot of drive and a lot of self, um, being able to stand the rejection, you know, how did you handle discouragement? You know, were there times when you're like, this is too hard, it's never going to work? Yeah, I, you know, I go through these 
these wobbly days or or weeks of like yeah maybe i shouldn't do this anymore but i think deep down at the core i'm just so obsessed with it and i i feel lucky to have discovered a passion that i'm pretty good at um so it, it, as as much as i doubt myself and get down and get weird in my brain i kind of know at the anchor of all that like i'm gonna still be into doing this at the core and that's kind of like so if I feel burnt out, I just know I need to take a day or a couple days or, I mean, if things get really wobbly, I think you just, sometimes you just need to take a month off or uh, at least a month off touring if you're a musician or a couple months off because I don't think it's such a, it can be such a fun occupation. You don't realize how much it just breaks you down and wears you down. And it's, a, it's just a lot of pressure and ways that in, in unconventional ways, like I don't have a boss, which is pretty sweet. Like, I don't think I could ever go back to having a boss, but uh, you know, the pressure to sell tickets and just like get people to shows when you're up against Netflix and you're up against the internet. It's like, I think mm-hmm. for anyone who does throws events and is like, it's, you know, stresses about getting people to go to them. It's like, you just have to remember what a victory it is to get one person out of the house these days, you know, with social anxiety at a peak, plus you're up against everyone and their mother, every one of your friends and acquaintances, that's three bands. And, uh, you know, I mean, Netflix owns the world and you're up against Facebook. So it's, it's a big, uh, it's a big victory to get people out of the house, even if it's 20 or 30 people. It's like, I think you got to appreciate the tiny victories and pat yourself on the back. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, and it's like, you know, with lots of businesses, building lots of things, it's, you know, you're putting stuff out and is anybody noticing? And, and then you're like, okay, well, I did this and I had two people. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Two what's people. Your main, what's your main job these days? Yeah, I mostly work as a coach. I'm actually, I'm working with people um, to get out of their head. This is what I do. This cool. is what I do. Yeah, I love That's it. That's a great I, civil service. Yeah, well, I was a lawyer. I was a litigation attorney um, for many years, and I actually liked it because it was a puzzle. And then I yeah. realized, well, first of all, I hate conflict, so that was a little hard. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> but then, then it was just like, I this is a puzzle for me to get into people's heads, and like, what is it? What are the thoughts and the beliefs and the emotions and the past events that that get in the way of them actually being happy mm. and yes yeah, so what per- what percent of the time would you say you're pretty happy you know it's more now and and it's one of those things it's this is a little embarrassing to admit i wish i were more like my husband he's happy he's just a happy guy yeah. i think i'm probably I have to work actively to be happy, to feel grateful, to feel that gratitude. I'm probably about 60% happy. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, 40%, 40% I'm, um, I'm not unhappy. I used to be. I used to get really into anxiety. Um, 40%, you know, I have to wake up in the morning and be like, okay, you know, what are you really grateful for? And my, it's wiring of the brain. And I am not kidding. It yeah. just turns towards that. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I think everyone's just dealt a different dosing of brain chemicals. And, uh, you know, I think the, you know, my pops is maybe more like your husband. He's just like always up. 
and doesn't, mm-hmm. he just doesn't stress much, you know? Um, but then again, he's like not, he doesn't have like any creative uh, force and that's fine. And he's totally fine with that. I think he would much rather just be a jovial guy that doesn't paint or write songs. You know, he's a big fan of music, but I, I feel like if you are someone who, who does is dealt with that hand of more challenging brain chemistry, there, there is a pro in that and that you probably are way more sensitive. You feel things deeper to us. You, you have kind of a greater superpower to, to create. So I think, um, you know, anyone who kind of, gets down and stuff uh it just bums me out when people say like oh i'm not a creative person or i don't you know i don't make anything so i think find whatever that vent or that outlet is of stuff you like to make or things things you like to read or or draw or or i don't know write essays poetry whatever it is there's a there's a million different avenues for that in that arena and uh that's the Mm -hmm. that's the best therapy around in my experience yeah. And there, cause I know there are people who really aren't, don't feel very creative. Um, and that's kind of, a, and they don't have a passion the way you have a passion. And that's hard because then you're like, okay, what is the purpose? But I, I think there's a couple of things. First of all, being physical, you finding a way that you can use your body that feels good, mm. you know, being outside, like enjoying finding the places where you are, where you really do feel peaceful that's a way you can tune in to that same sort of um the feeling and then i also think that the people who are a little bit more tortured that is their walk that's what they're going to end up doing in the world right they're being called to unravel that so that they can help themselves and other people i really believe that too like yeah, that is yeah. their, that's their force. That is it. <laughs> you also aren't just gifted a passion. Like you have to mine your own talent. And like, like you say, like be physical in the world and be proactive about like finding what your passion is. It's like when I started drawing or painting, like the first, you know, 50 things I ever made, I was like, eh, this feels decent, but uh, these, these drawings kind of suck. You know, this is not mm-hmm. good. And uh, you just get a little better each time. And then you know, as you get confidence, things just get more fun with anything. You know how that goes. It's like if you're yeah. and confidence comes and goes and waves and you have wobbly patches and all that. But uh, yeah, when you get in a real stride of just like getting in the zone and feeling confident about what you're doing, it's just that's just when the fun starts, you know, it is. It is. And it does take a time. So, I mean, if you're I mean, one of the things is you're a creator like you, you obviously have this drive to create and not everybody has that, which is, is interesting. So then you, that's where you do have to look for it in other ways. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to be making music necessarily or, or art, but you know, what is it? You know, is it, I don't know. I'm looking at my garden. Is it gardening? Okay. Not for a lot of young people. It's probably not going to be gardening, but again, it's, you know, it's finding those experiences where you just feel peaceful in your body and it can be working out or fitness or, you know, who knows? And I think the words, like, I think the words fitness or going to the gym or, or working out are like, is like, can be a big turnoff to a lot of people. And, and and I think just like a, a a love a city walk, you know, the other day I was feeling really weird and, uh, you know, walking in the suburbs, whatever, that's nice. That's fine. But, you know, go drive downtown park, for an hour or two and I like I'll just walk around and you 
you absorb all the all the energies of of in, that of people that bounce off you and you get the steam coming out of the sewers and there's like dudes <laughs> playing cards like crushing coffee and cigarettes on the sidewalk and it's like uh it's a real kind of exciting inspiring place and it's uh you know you wouldn't maybe that's not a creative endeavor but that it it gives you it gives you good energy you know to walk a city and not only are you like getting a workout but you're just really absorbing a lot of like really exciting uh, uh stimuli that's not that's mm-hmm. not bad for you providing you don't get hit by a car you know right you gotta watch you gotta keep your eyes open for the cars you're right <laughs> yeah and for some people it's the city for other people it's the like getting out and looking at walking in the woods if you've got woods near you or or something like that it's 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 feeling your body and your person in another place and just mm-hmm. how that feels. Um, yep, yep. Yeah, it's very cool. Well, we are pretty much out of time, but I love what you're doing in the Thanks, world. Kristen. Likewise, you're doing awesome stuff. You're a super pro and uh, sounds like you're doing a lot of consistently great work. Uh, thank you. Well, oh yeah, well, I have moments again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you found there your, your no zone. There is no consistently you know? great. There's no consistently great. And there's up and there's down and they're like, I am so good at this i am so helpful and then the next day it's like oh my god i don't oh, know yeah. what i'm doing yeah. it's uh, it's good to bomb once in a while keeps you in check yeah exactly exactly can you remind people again where the name of your podcast where they can find you your book and all of that stuff yeah the podcast is called dirt from the road i, I would say it's at least like pg-13 so uh um and then uh the, the website kind of has everything. That's the place to go. It's just brettnewski.com. And yeah, check out the book. The book's called It's Hard to Be a Person, uh, Defeating Anxiety, Surviving the World, and Having More Fun. And you can legitimately read it in like 30 minutes. It's all illustration. So technically, you don't really even have to know how to read. So it's all good for <laughs> people on other planets who want to uh, who want who want to invest in this that's product, perfect. this fine product. That's, that's awesome. Well, it's been um, a pleasure to speak to you. Keep going. I'm going to go check out more of your stuff. I love it. Um, For listeners, thank you also for showing up for yourselves. If you want to know more about what we do at Superpower Experts, you can head over to your superpowered mind and check out our programs and membership membership options. Um, Until next time, go out and remember that you do hold the power to change and transform your world. Thanks, Kristen. Much love. Thanks, you too. Bye, Brett. Bye. Bye. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today. 